just um, oh, a little note from Tinny saying, I'm very excited about today. So am I. So uh, let's get going. Hey, Jenny, just um, putting you in to be a panelist. Good to see you today, Jenny. How are you going? I'm doing very well, thanks, Kylie. How are you today? Great. I'll just turn up my sound and um, okay. I've actually got my sound on full, but can't. I'll just... Um, Hello, everyone. Sorry, I just got lost for a moment. Then I'm back again. <laughs> oh, I can hear your volume better now. Yes, awesome. I've switched to my mic. It was sitting on the wrong thing. <laughs> cool. So how are you today, Jenny? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm having a really good week. It's been a very um, productive week and I'm, it's, yeah, it's good. What's my, very what have you done differently Ooh. this week? I don't know about different. I just had some really good meetings. I had, well, it's International Women's Day this week. So it's been a fun week full of great conversations with some very awesome women. Um, I did, and I'm doing B Corp certification for my business. I'm, I'm going through that process to see whether I'm able to be B Corp certified, which is um, a certification that looks at companies who work to deliver more than just profits for their business. It's about social impact and community impact and environmental impact. So I'm going through that process, which is really exciting. And doing that made me realize that 80% of my businesses that I work with are female-led businesses or um, small traders. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah. And, and then and I, and at gym, I, I hit some really awesome mild, milestones at my gym this week. So all in all, on personal and professional, they've been really good. It's amazing, Jenny. I love it when they both sync up. I and know how good is it going well across the board. And how's awesome. your week been? Tell me about your week. I've got fogging up glasses. <laughs> oh, I, don't you hate that when it's yes, not good. So, how's your week been, Kylie? Um, my week has been great. As you know, I'm working on with the restructure and trying to launch those programs, and we're just inching closer and closer to it. So it feels like a long haul. But uh, you know, what's that little saying about everything? worthwhile takes effort and time it's very very true yeah. <laughs> so it feels good to uh to be getting on top of that so um we've got everything hooked up now and working so let's say hi and welcome to another week of bite-sized conversations with uh i'm kylie mobrailen from hello media and i'm jenny walk from elephant in the room consulting yay so we're here to talk to you today for a 30 minutes all about onboarding clients and customers and the process of that. So, oh, I, I do have a puppy in the room that might make the odd little bark like that one. We'll just try and, try and ignore it. <laughs> I'm so Jenny, while I'm trying to uh, not be distracted by puppy. Um, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about the onboarding process and how you did it differently in your early days to how you might do it now. Great question. Um, onboarding is so important. Well, actually, I'm going to say this about onboarding is important if you want to keep your clients more than once. So it's an important process to actually bring them into the family. So I think of onboarding as welcoming a new member to my family. 
And I think early in the early days, I didn't really understand that connection between, um, you know, starting a business and having clients and that need to nurture them really early. I was very much of the focus that I nurture them throughout the process rather than really bringing them into the family and getting them to understand how I like to work, how I like to engage with them, understand how they want to connect and communicate and, and get expectations aligned really early on in the process. So um, I think back in the day when I started my company a couple of years ago, I made a lot of assumptions about how I was going to work and how my clients would like to work. And that resulted in some, you know, some challenging conversations with clients in both directions. And so now I really focus on well, how do I want my client to feel when they join me? And there's two ways we can look at that. We can look at before they even start the conversation with us. So that very early engagement when we're first reaching out to them on social media or through promotion, or is it when we're actually onboarding them into the business as part of our computer, as part of our, our company. Um, and I actually, if I, if I may, I was working with a company, a beautiful company down in Wollongong a couple of weeks ago, and they don't call their clients, clients or customers, they call them partners. And that really resonated with me because as a partner, it really sets the scene that we need to create engagement and collaboration and build a relationship. It's not a transaction. So that's, I'm looking at how I can adopt that without you know, stealing their methodology too much. But that idea of partnership as a, as a client exchange, I thought was really beautiful. That's so beautiful. And that's exactly what is behind the theory of my domain name and all those things with hellomedia.team because you and I right now are being a team. Me with my um, own team are a team and then me working with the client is um, us being a team. So yeah. I really I really love that thing. I don't necessarily call them team like the partner thing, but I really love that idea how they're calling them partners. That's, that's yeah. awesome. And I have experience in, in both realms. So the onboarding process in the customer journey process of a service-based business and also a product-based business yeah. and for a little while there many many years ago when I first got into wholesaling in a big way for that product-based business um what I didn't really recognize is something that you talked about just before which was a magic moment which was when you said it's about the very very beginning so it's about what they're seeing of you on social media so it's not even once you've had that discovery call or they've bought their first no. purchase it happens way way before that like how do they even get to you for that discovery call or to make that first purchase and the yeah, mistake yeah. that I made and you know I'm a big believer in all mistakes you know have got to be a good thing even when they've cost you lots of money or <laughs> lots of heartache but as long as you've learned something then they've been a good thing that's so, right with the um, product-based business, where, um, what I was really focused on in the early days, because I just kept getting hounded with people wanting to stock my brand, which was really exciting. So I, you know, did my first um, trade show and then, you know, it really just flew from there. And what I found, though, is that I put all my time and effort into the trade shows, which is all about attracting of the new clients and yeah, yeah. or new, new stockists, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, the this existing stockers that would come back and then they would see what was new. And that was so wonderful. But what I had not remembered is the process for the stockers that didn't go to trade shows and, you know, that was still there, didn't make that many orders. And because I'm not someone that naturally picks up the phone, the phone isn't a particularly comfortable place for me. Um, and so... I, that was not something I would do. So yes, I'd email them and I would send out wholesale only newsletters. But what changed for me was when I realized about that part of the customer journey and how important it is to nurture them the whole way through. So I just did a really simple thing for them, which was set up a Facebook group for wholesale stockists only for of, of my brand. And so in there, I could give them 
tips every week. I could share stories about the brands behind, you know, sorry, the um, manufacturers, because, you know, I was doing it all fair trade. So there were some wonderful stories coming out. And, and it was just amazing. I could make up some graphics for them and share them. And it was a wonderful thing to do for very little effort, really. And, and such a great way to keep them, keep them involved. So I'd love to hear, sorry, go. No, I was saying that, and that's, I love that idea of a Facebook group for your wholesalers because you don't often think of Facebook. And that would have been back in the day when Facebook wasn't really used as often as it is now. So it would have been really quite revolutionary then and really cutting edge to say, hey, guys, come onto this platform that's called Facebook. Let's connect and let's actually start engaging with you in a different way. And I think it shows and to me that that identifies to them that they feel supported. And even though then they may not get any incredible touch points directly with you, they're a product, they're a wholesaler. So they don't necessarily need to see you all the time, but that value that you give them means that your products will always be in their store. And it's such a beautiful transition though. So that, that is, if you move into, you start offering services or consulting bits stuff around, you know, how to, how to display the product or how to promote the product. And there's so many beautiful segues you can do by having that connection and that touch point within a Facebook group or an email marketing or something like that. But Facebook groups are so much more tactile because we can exchange and there's conversation. It's not just read my email, which I do love and I, do, I love a good email, but it's not just that one way you get immediate feedback on, on how you're going. That's right. And so what I would do would be because I, you know, specialize in digital, oh, sorry, because I specialize in digital marketing, uh, oh, I would um, also share, give them, um, you know, ideas for posts for their social media. I would give them some graphics to use in their email marketing. Of course, that was a win-win for everyone because it was me giving them things to actually use, which is obviously about my mm. brand, but it's also giving them content to use to help 100%. them sell it. So it was just so wonderful. And the amount of them of the, that it, where it where it changed was was quite fascinating is that all of a sudden there'd be a shop in Bundaberg that would put a post in there and say, look, I've had this stock here, haven't been able to move it, but I really want to get some of something or other else. Then somebody that had a shop in Townsville would say, actually, I need more of those and Kylie's out of stock right now. So can I buy those? And what did you want? Because I can do a swap maybe. So there was That's all awesome. these beautiful things going on behind the scenes, yeah. which uh, was a really, really nice thing. It was like they were part of a special family or part of a special community. Oh, awesome yeah one of the things that I, you mentioned earlier that I really want to touch on if, if we can is around that expectations around onboarding and I know you and I do a lot of development programs we very much put up our personal development our professional development you know at one of the top lines of our expenses every year to make sure that we're continuing to grow and learn for our business and one of those things that I've been lately is over the last four if not eight years I've been thinking about the way that we're onboarded into the training programs that we do and that expectation setting up front about what you're going to get. And as you're launching new programs and as I've launched the, the, the Mastermind this year, one of the things that's been really mindful to me is how do people feel and what they're going to expect up front versus what we give them throughout the program. So what are the touch points? Are, are, we, are we nurturing through the program? And I was thinking about this for a client who's building an online platform. And so they're doing this amazing um, pre-launch pre, uh, engagement and that pre-onboarding has been phenomenal. And then they sort of said, yeah, they'll buy the product and that'll be good. They'll get an email every week. And I said, yeah, but what are their expectations of you? If you've given them so much personal service up front in those early days with live events and live Facebooks and phone calls or, and live coaching, 
how do you then push them to a platform where they're expecting to see you more often, but actually they don't get in that touch point. So all of a sudden they feel like they've been, you know, you've taken my money and you've left me to the curb. Yeah. And I've been talking to a couple of clients lately who felt been feeling that way. So that's one of the things front of mind for me and onboarding is setting those expectations up really early to say, this is how I work. In fact, I did that yesterday with a call with an amazing lady who's, who's just doing a six package coaching program with me. Uh, it's a bespoke project, so six sessions with her. And I said to her, this is how I like to work. We book and pay for the first one. So that covers the cost for the program. And then every week, we will just book your next one every fortnight or every week when we catch up to suit us. And so then we get some flexibility in the program. So she knows up front, it's not going to be every Tuesday at 9 a.m. And I know that there's some flexibility. So if I've got a busy week or she's got a busy week, we can actually make sure the coaching works for both of us. And so we both can be present. So setting that up front, her expectation isn't that she's going to get a meeting request every week or that it's going to be at a particular time every other fortnight. By having that expectation set, she now com comes into the program feeling much more, far more comfortable knowing, okay, that's what I get out of this program. So how do you set up that expectation for your clients? Well, exactly what you just said. I just feel it all boils down to communication. So yeah. what are you letting them know? So for example, Honestly, every couple of months, we just relook at that, at that agreement. So mm -hmm. it's actually way longer than probably what anyone would advise that it should be, but I'm covering all of the things so that there can be no misunderstanding. Like where I've had issues in the past, it's, and I've gone, oh, but I thought I made that really clear. Then I realized, oh, it wasn't in the agreement. It wasn't actually written down. So yes, I think it's super important that I have that verbal discussion but even more important for me is that it's actually in writing somewhere so yeah. that we if you know they can refer back to it that I can make sure that they've read it because of course they have to digitally sign it as well so probably one of my biggest tips would be making it easy for people so I used to not have a digital signature option for them so of course what would they need to do they need to print it sign it scan it send it back so you know that in itself is a barrier to to we we you know making things easy or hard I'll give you an example so I'm a mentor for Saldo Business Pathways and the way that they work it, it's a little bit like speed, um, online dating. So Saldo pairs you up with a mentor and a mentee, and they you have a first initial session to see if that will work. And then, you know, me, I, me as the mentor offers them what I can share. And to date, for many years now, they're, excuse me, uh, for many years now, their system, and it still is even now, their system is that you um, print it out, you fill it out, you sign it, you send it to the mentee, they fill it out, they sign it, and then you send it back. So you can imagine the amount of people that actually don't even do it because it's just barriers to making it that much trickier. And, you know, yeah. I remember one of the times the printer rink was out or the next time the printer wasn't working or, you know, a myriad of different things that can happen. And particularly when you're busy and things. So, you know, I felt bad. I used to constantly be forgetting to ever send back those, those forms, but you can see how that can happen because it was just so challenging to actually get that done so it was a good lesson to me that I don't want to do it that way myself that I need to make it as simple as as humanly possible yeah <laughs> the thing that I love about onboarding we're talking about onboarding but what we're really talking about when I look at onboarding and you, we've just talked about that one piece but to me it's the whole customer journey is what onboarding is about it's about how do we engage them from the start to the finish 
to the start to the middle to the end. So what are the touch points that we're doing? Why are we having those engagements? What's the value of those engagements? So we're not over communicating because that can also be a problem. I've been in programs where I've gotten 15 emails in three days around all the different things that I need to do. And I just look at it and go, I'm not reading any of those because it was just too much. If I'd gotten three, I may have read them, but 15 in three days, it was like, I'm out. Like it was, it almost disengaged me from the program up front because they were over communicating about things that I didn't even need to know straight away. Versus that idea of saying, okay, we're on a program or we're on a journey together. What do you need right now to feel comfortable and secure? What do you need next week? What do you need the week after to keep you informed about what's happening? And then what are the other nurturing conversations that we're having, which is just going to keep you inspired? So that might be your digital marketing or your Facebook group or something else that's more about sharing information rather than actually taking them through the process. So that's a really important part for me. And, and look, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I get it right. We're always learning and tweaking and processing, you know, how we do things. And only in the last probably two months have I really focused on that piece to say, what, are, what is the journey that I want them to be on? So when they finish my program after six months, they go, wow, that was amazing. I'm going to stay on and keep coaching because I'm getting so much value and I feel part of a family and it, and all those things that you want your know, clients to feel so they remain your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm often talking with people about the importance of that next step. So they're, so they're getting the first client or they're getting of the first sale is such a challenge. I shouldn't say first. I mean, the getting of any new client or any new sale is, is hard. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into it, you know, in all, in all kinds of ways. But then the keeping that client or keeping that customer on a journey with you is super important and yeah. making it a, a pleasurable experience. And I think you said something before about um, you didn't say it in these, this way, but that's how I took it. Is it's all about the access to you and setting the expectations of what kind of access they'll get to you. So you mentioned before about a program and then there's lots and lots of contact points. Then all of a sudden they're in the program and then there's no more access. Yeah. So that's definitely an issue. So what we do um, in Hello Media is we set up support teams for our one-on-one -on -one clients and messenger. Mm. And I make it really clear from the very beginning, we won't be doing any more emails back and forth it's now going to be a messenger because firstly it's instant we can see when you've read it you can see when we've read it and it's a really easy way to keep everything all in one place so yeah you know, documents and images and you know the link for your next zoom call and all those other kind of things which has worked really really well for us there's only one client it doesn't work well for because they don't use facebook but i'm hoping to change that <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's definitely made a difference not just for me but also for them and um yeah finding a way that's going to work for you both is, is so important and the message is such a good tool and i love that i that what, what you said then about recognizing that people have read it because so many times i i i, I use microsoft outlook and i've got a, a new laptop with a virus protection on it which is so good that they have set up their own little spam folder that's not in the normal spam folder or junk folder it's like a separate folder which i didn't even know existed and about two or three weeks ago, I had communications with my clients and I didn't even know this little folder existed on the computer. And they're like, we sent you this email and I'm good. And I'm finding it and saying, it's in the junk folder. So I looked at the junk folder, it's not there. And then realized they'd actually segmented it into a completely different space. But wow. that happens so often in people with, 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 you know, if you've got the wrong attachment or if there's a link in it that the computer says, I don't like this link. So you don't know when you've received that communication. You don't know that they've actually got it. And you're one sitting back going, 
why haven't they responded to me? Why don't they talk to me anymore? Yeah. And actually it's, I just never got the communication. That's happened to me so often. So I love that idea that of moving to Messenger and a lot of my clients and a lot of our work's done through Messenger for the same reason, because then we can keep engagement and conversations going. And also that they know that, you know, I not only that I have to worry about whether I've said it or not, but I can send multiple things to them and they can scroll back and say, oh yeah, there's the attachment that I sent. And that's the photo that we looked at because you've got that beautiful um, option of just seeing what the attachments of the photos were in the messenger. So it makes it much more accessible as you like. I love that term accessible. And it's like keeping in a little folder too, because yeah. it's permanently sitting there and it doesn't get deleted or whatever, you know, oh. it's great. It's great. Plus also with my team, if I'm super, super busy and tied up, my team can then also deal with it too. Excuse me. Yeah. So we put everybody in the group. And it's just been such a wonderful way of communicating. Even the masterclass series I'm running at the moment is all being done through a messenger group. So, yeah, it feels... And, 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 and same with my mastermind for the same reasons because it makes it much easier. So what I'd like to talk about is with this onboarding piece, so when you, what is the process? So for me, my process is we have a discovery call. I send them a link. At the moment, it's a, a link through Calendly, which books the first appointment for a coaching program. And they pay for the first one, which takes the payment for the program or the, the payment plan. And then that books into the session. And then off we go, they get an email, then an autoresponder email saying, thanks so very much, excited. Here's the registration form. And we actually start the process that way. What's your onboarding look like for your client? Very similar, except I've got a bit of a clunky beginning. And that's uh, luckily I have a new bookkeeper um, coming on board. There's been a number of new bookkeepers lately, but I'm, I'm fingers crossed this is the one. It's going to be a new marriage. I'm going to love it. And um, so I'm hoping that we can look at that and restructure that a little bit because, again, it's those little barriers to things being simple and that good feeling of the process of coming on board. So for me, it's, it's very similar to what you do at the beginning there, but in terms of that first invoice issue and then the signing of the agreement and all those bits is just too many steps so we're just trying to reduce those steps and simplify it and um in fact i used this word the other day uncomplify i love um, that uncomplify yeah. <laughs> well it's funny i actually started to think about that because after our conversation and we've had lots of conversations about onboarding in that pre-process and i actually discovered that with 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 my clients because they want to pay out for the for a six-week program with me in full up front because they save a little bit of money if they do that rather than just paying by, by the week because it's not guaranteed. Um, I actually just added the payment link at the bottom of Calendly when they did their first session. So they do a Calendly, they book their first session in, make the payment, the full payment of the program, that's all sorted, and then they get the onboarding email that says, here's the registration form, here's all the information you need to know, off we go. And I found that for me, that's reduced, instead of sending three or four emails, I'm literally doing one messenger with a link saying, so excited for you to be here. Click on this link to book in the program. Make sure you book early because the diary is filling up and off we go. And so it's actually made my first onboarding process so much easier. And that's just for the six week program, but I'm actually looking to see how do we do that for even the ongoing, um, my messy middle program and the content collective, the same process is, how do we actually make it so simple that they just pay once and then it just happens um, automatically through Stripe or through Square or whatever your payment system is? That's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? It's just making it simple for people and yeah. for yourself. And it might take a little bit extra time setting it up, but, um, you know, the rewards will be massive afterwards once that, once that process is so much. Most, def so much most definitely. Yes. So 
Oh, what are your top tips in relation to actually onboarding? What are the three things you think people should think about when they're developing their onboarding process for their clients or customers? Number one would be communicating and making things really, really clear, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable. So before I do tip two and three, I'd like to give a little example of where something went shaped for me quite recently. And I had a great discovery call with the person. It was, you know, we felt like that was going to be a good fit. And then the onboarding process could start. But between that point and then the first session, I already felt completely overwhelmed and like I'd made a huge mistake because the amount of hounding and you know asking me to promise that this would happen this would happen this would happen and I obviously you know I can promise to share my knowledge and share what I know and guide you coach you and all that but unless you're prepared to put in the work in between sessions that I you know then that nothing is a guarantee and so the importance of those guarantees to this person and wanting things even signed off on saying that I would deliver this by this date and deliver this by this date, which I literally cannot do. So um, at at that point I should have pulled out, but I did not. And um, so, you know, things are great now, but we had to have some really hard conversations. So I think what I learned from that was being a whole lot clearer in the very, very beginning. And which, you know, I thought I was, but obviously definitely not. And as I said before, I learned from every little mistake along the way and then try and fix that problem going forward. So definitely, definitely my number one top tip would be communicating, not trying to just, I think a lot of people just want the sale. So they'll say whatever they need to get that sale. Whereas I'm definitely not like that. We've both been in calls that have done that, haven't we? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you know that we would rather work with people that we want to work with, that we know are going to put in the time and effort to get the results and that are going to, you know, resonate with the way that we teach and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely the most important thing to me up top. The number two would be just making it simple, that simple process. And as I said, we're still trying to simplify ours and improve it along the way. And of course, new technology is coming out all the time, new platforms to to try out and see if that improves, uh, you know, improves your systems. And number three would be remembering once you've got them there, what then is going to be that customer journey for them. So we're creating new workbooks um, and, you know, just things like that, that are going to make it easier. And we're, you know, we've just made a new air table that all the clients will get so that we can fill that in each week with them. So we've had something like that similar before, but it wasn't as user-friendly. So yeah, all those looking at ways to improve things and making sure that, things are good going forward. That would be my three top. What about you, Jenny? What are your three top tips? I actually love being the process bunny. Love that all your your tips are around really getting good systems and processes together. And I love that, which is funny because mine are not actually about the process, which is very (laughs) unusual for me today. So for me, the first one is about making sure we can, there's that expectation setting. So being really clear throughout the process about what working with you looks like so that you get that fit early on. So asking those questions about how you like to work, what I'm gonna do, this is what you can expect from the program. And it's not about guaranteeing, it's about trust. And I think people want guarantees because they don't trust people very well. And so if we've built enough trust and we've demonstrated our value early enough, we don't need to worry about the guarantee because they know who we are. So I think expectation setting, really clear and being authentic and showing up. And I don't mean that in the kind of, wanky term the way people use it now I mean like truly showing I'm saying this is how I'm going to work I'm not going to spin anything for you I'm not going to be that kind of sales spin on something and and 
you know, be fancy with my words so it sounds better than it's going to be. This is being re- being real, essentially. So that's like my first tip in everything you do from pre. And when you muck up, say to your client, look, I'm so sorry. I said this. What I meant was this. So being really open about that. So that's my first piece. The second one for me is actually thinking about not what, what we want to share from an onboarding perspective, but what we think they need to make their experience great. And I feel like particularly as a coach, I want to give people all the information because that's how I like, I want to give them everything. And so many times people have said, can you just give me one? And it's <laughs> like when I give my, when I give Michael directions, he's, I, I give him the next three steps and he's like, stop. I just need one. And then tell me the next one. And then tell me the next one. So my brain's like big picture, everything. And he's like, no, nah, give me one. So I think clients are like that as well. Give them what they need and what they want at the time that's going to help their experience move forward. So what's step one? Then we take them to that step two. And I think you alluded to it about what's that next step on their journey. So when they're building the program out, it's what do they, what do they need and want at that time that's going to help them move along to make them feel secure and safe. And then after, you know, after a couple of months of working with you, they won't care what you share with them because they're already there, right? They're already in. We just keep them engaged, which is beautiful. So they're my first top two. The third one for me is, is that, I love that uncomplified. I've written that down because I love that word. But I think adopt the KISS principle. Make it simple. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to make all, you know, you don't need to overcomplicate your process to show that you're an expert or to show that you're really cool or show that you're very clever. No one cares. I think we often forget it's not about us making ourselves look like we're amazing. It's making it really simple. So me saying Calendly, pay from Calendly, you get an automated email. That's the simplest onboarding process anyone's ever going to get on a coaching program because it's not about making, you know, fancy images. And it's not for, for me, it's, I want that for me. They don't care. Yes. So, you know, that's the reality and we often forget that because we get so excited about what we want to share and what we want to, and what we know and what we and what we want them to know that we just go hang on take a step back so for me there's that piece around um expectation setting being open honest up front and being really clear and real making sure it's um, a simple process and then also giving them what they want at the time to move them forward would be my three tips I just, I just totally love what you said there about the, um, you know, trying to just give them one thing at a time, not the whole thing, because I have the exact same problem constantly. And I've just got, and I think it's a lot to do with wanting to give value and wanting to give, give more, you know, to share more because you've got the knowledge. So you want to be out there sharing it, but there's a time and place for everything on the journey. And it's not upfront to give them all. It's definitely an issue that I have that I'm yeah. constantly working on. Yeah. It's like when we did the, in the old days when we used to do discovery calls and we did the, the discovery call would be so packed full of value. They didn't need to work with us anymore because we gave them everything they wanted in the discovery call. And I've done that so many times where I've had calls with people and they've been the best sessions and went, I just coached them for free for 45 minutes or an hour and now they don't need me anymore. And it's great. And I love that for them, but it's like, that's not the best way to run a business. So there's that balance between how much value we want to give, how many problems we want to solve, because the reality is on those amazing calls, they probably did none of the work because they gave them so much in the time. So little bite size makes it much easier. Absolutely. I just had a funny situation recently where someone booked a discovery call through Calendly and on there it's you know it's a 30 minute free discovery call on there you get there's a little spot where you can fill out is there anything that you think that we should know 
or that I should know before we meet. Yeah. And it was literally like a two-page document. It was massive. And then she emailed me after that just to confirm that I'd received all the information. Then there was an even longer document attached saying, these are all the things that I'd like to discuss in the discovery call. These are all the issues that I'd like you to give me answers about. And I've actually just booked a second discovery call so that we could make it an hour-long session. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? If you don't ask, you don't guess. guess That's guess. true. I love that. Obviously, That's... she couldn't have a, a one-hour discovery call. And I made it really clear that um, we wouldn't be going through all those topics because that's like a month's worth of work. But yeah, I yeah. thought, how cute. She's very organised. Mm -hmm. And you've got to definitely, um, you know, give a bit of kudos for that. That was impressive. I think that's a lot of people... She's been thinking about that a while. Yeah, a lot of people are so discombobulated with what they even need to know. And so it was really impressive that she came forth going, I need this, 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 this. And so it was actually on International Women's Day. So I was like, go you, go you. All power to you for being a woman that really knows what she wants and needs. I loved That's it. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So any final thoughts about onboarding today? Um, just to make it friendly and to make okay. sure that from the onboarding, it continues on the journey so that it the, the customer journey. So sorry, so that the onboarding part is just one tiny little bit of the entire customer journey. Yeah, definitely. What about I, you? Very much. I think that would be my tip as well. Or my final thoughts is the same as with you is onboarding is just is one step in the process. It's not everything. And we need to make sure we're with them the whole, the whole way through their journey and showing up for them when we need to in a way that they're going to actually resonate with us and then get value and then actually feel nurtured and loved and part of the family. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. So Jenny, I've got a um idea for a topic for us for next week. Yes. Tell us about this. But I thought if we could give some top tips on what you must have for your website. So yes, so that I you, love that. So that after our session, people can go away and do their own mini mini audit of their own website. I love that idea. I think that's very cool. In fact, because uh, Macy and I and our team are actually doing a redoing our website at the moment, and we've been having those conversations about what information do I want on there versus what um, people need. So that would be amazing. Awesome. All right. Love well, uh, I look forward to seeing you next week to chat about websites and what are the must-haves on your website. And Jenny, tell everybody, how can they get in touch with you? So um, on LinkedIn and Facebook it's and Instagram, um, at Elephant in the Room AU is the company pages or Jenny.Walk is the um, my personal page on Facebook. But El at Elephant in the Room AU is the easiest way to find me. That's where I hang out. Awesome. And I am um, all on the socials or on all the socials is hellomedia.team, except on Facebook it's hellomedia.dreamteam. Mm -hmm. And the website is hellomedia.team. So uh, I look forward to connecting with you again next week and hope you have a fabulous day and a fabulous weekend. And um, thanks everybody for being here. Thanks so much, Kai. It's been such a fun conversation today. I know. We love it, don't we? We do. <laughs> Awesome. All have right. A great, have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching. And I'd just like to say a quick apology about the barking and the scuffling oh. around. She's four <laughs> months old and she's just found her voice. It's very she's challenging. So cute, though. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> she's, uh, come and say hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My dog's running around somewhere, probably chewing a bed, chewing a bed. So, <laughs> oh, she's a funny little. She is beautiful. <laughs> she's very, very dark, isn't she, in this camera?
She's so, very uh, dumb. Right. <laughs> All right. I look forward to seeing you next week and have a wonderful Thank weekend. You. Take care, everyone. Bye, Bye now. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>